0: Thank you.
1: Hello, friends.
2: Welcome into another episode of Spiritual Philosophy Chatter with the Joneses. I'm Danny Jones.
1: And I am Samantha Jones.
2: And this is episode 174.
1: 174.
2: What is our topic today?
1: This is abandoned wounds and codependency. Mm. Abandonment wounds, I
2: can speak. Yeah. yeah. Abandonment wounds and codependency. Thank you. All right. <laughs> cool. I'm yeah. sure a lot can relate to that. I yes, can.
1: I can too, for sure.
2: <clears throat> Before sure. we Get into this one. You want to talk about anything from last week's episode?
1: Yes. Last week we did self care, and I had challenged everybody to go out and do some self care for themselves. And so I hope that you all did. I meant to ask the group, and I totally forgot until just now. And I was like, "So, Sister Wah. Amanda, tell Wah. me right, tell me what you do for self care." And she said that she's been meditating more, which is great, and that she stopped eating fast food as much, which is great, and she started saving money more, which is great. All those things help are helping her feel better when you're eating better and you're paying attention to finances it just gives you this overall better feeling yep i actually i laid in bed and watched a movie this oh. week which i never do and i just told myself i'm like you got to do it it's like 100 degrees outside what else was i gonna do you <clears throat> yeah. know but i never do so that's the self-care that i did cool yeah good for you so that was self-care for you last week very good yay And then we answer two questions every week. So let's see. The first question is from Cameron. Cameron said, My dad passed away a few weeks ago. Your podcast has been a lifesaver for me, so thank you for that. My question is about music. All of a sudden I'm hearing songs that make me think of him. Current songs, though, not songs that remind me of him, remind me of him, so to speak. So I think what she's saying is that it's not songs that like he would have listened to, but it's songs that are current on the radio that he probably never even heard. Is what I'm thinking. She's saying. She said this is more like he's trying to give me messages through these songs. So mm. yeah, is that even possible? Absolutely. Whoa, whoa. And you know what? I should have gone back and looked at which episodes we did music. We did two. will try and go back in the ep- during the episode and look. Um, but we we do get into this a lot. This is probably been it has been one of the biggest things for me is music and numbers and nature really Mm. is the way that they show me signs but whatever stage i'm at in my life there's always different songs that are playing in that stage Yeah. even different days like if i'm being warned about something they might send a particular song even somebody that might be messaging me somebody that might need my help i have songs for like for everybody (laughs) so it helps me to know and and this is a language that i built with my mother over the last 18 years so it didn't come easily but and at first i didn't understand this i felt like it had to be a song that that was her her you know like maybe a sting song because sting was her favorite or outcast hey yeah that was her favorite song when she died so i related to those songs but then things like Stink came on the radio the reason And that was new. She wouldn't have heard that while she was alive. And it just fit everything so perfectly. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started thinking, well, it doesn't have to be songs that are brand new. And that opens you up to so much. And even one line in a song that jumps out to you can be a message from them. It might even be something that you're looking for, a message from that particular day. Something, you know, a validation or whatever. So I I take music very seriously. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, it's a definitely a way to communicate. It's the, a, to the other side.
1: It's divine. Yeah. It's there's a few things that the universe gives us, and music is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people that write music, my husband here mm-hmm. included, gets a lot of his stuff through the universe, maybe mm-hmm. without even knowing it.
2: I think a lot of artists have claimed that you know, in time throughout history, saying that <clears throat> some particular piece of music or lyric came very quickly. Almost out of nowhere. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I've seen interviews, you know, and I've said this before, like Eddie Van Halen saying, I'm merely just a channel.
0: Yeah.
2: I, these aren't my ideas. They come to me. And I'm the channel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So
2: I it's divinity. By all means, it is.
1: It is. So I looked and those episodes are 111. We did the divinity of music, I believe. <clears throat> And then nine was another one on music. But you can see how important it is when in our podcast journey, it's, it's like within the top 10 first episodes that we did. Mm-hmm. We did music. I was like, we have to. Yeah. And even at that time, like, I should go back and listen to that. I didn't know as much as I know now. Three years later, I know so much more and I've done so much more with the music and understanding how they communicate with it. So I would go back and listen to, to both 9 and 111. Yeah. Um, they were, I, I remember 111. That was a really good episode.
2: So, But I would for sure take that as your son communicating with you, Dad. I mean, yeah. excuse me, father.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And <clears throat> and he'll probably set songs with you. You'll hear songs all the time. That's how I knew that Hoobastank, the reason was for me, because I heard it all the time. And yeah, it was a popular song. It was shoved down my throat, really today i can see how it works because i've been doing it for so long now i can see how they throw these songs out to you and sometimes it's like one day you'll hear the same song five times and the next day you won't hear it at all because it's not the message for that day so anyways i could go on and on and on about music yeah so but i hope that answers your question cameron
2: yeah thanks cameron
1: yes thank you and then the next one is from maggie In this week's episode, you talked a lot about the importance of sleep. Can you please tell me how to get good sleep? I have tried everything. I agree with turning the phone off to get some peace before bed and no caffeine, like you said. That's helped a little, but it's still taking me over an hour to fall asleep. And if I wake up in the middle of the night, I might be up for hours. Suggestions? That's a good question. Um, I have my own issues sleeping, but... I used to have these issues, what she's talking about. I used to have a hard time falling asleep. And then when I would get up, I would be up for hours myself,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: mostly because my mind was involved, mostly because I would sit there and think about Mm -hmm. things that I did not need to be thinking about. And what I had to do and learn to do was shut that off. And I still do. Sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I will even get up and move out to the couch if I'm like too awake. And try and go back to sleep, and then my mind will start thinking about money or yeah. you know something I said 12 years ago that doesn't matter anymore. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's not important at that yeah. time. And I've had to teach myself that. It's not important. And that comes from willpower. Just like right. everything else, it comes with telling yourself, this can wait. And I even sometimes now, I tell myself, this is so stupid, but I tell myself, I can worry about this tomorrow. Like, I don't need to worry about this right, t- right now. I need to sleep. Why am I going to worry about it tomorrow right. as it is? But, you know, um, sleep is very important. So I think that's probably <clears throat> um, what I would say the biggest Thing is you just have to have that self-control to turn off your brain mm-hmm. because the, the, if you're laying there, I think I read somewhere once that I think it's something like 10 to 12 minutes. If you lay in the same spot and don't move for 10 to 12 minutes, your body falls asleep naturally. It'll be asleep by then. Right. Um, and so I've tried to do that a few times and it has worked, but you can't move at all. Right. You just have to stay still as can be. <laughs> Uh, but there's there's a lot of things, um, like little tips like that, that can help you. I do something when I can't sleep where I will use, like, the alphabet, and I'll go, like, female names, and I'll go through the alphabet with female names, through the alphabet with male names, or anything. Anything I can come up with. I've done songs. I've done street names. Just that keeps me focused on something other than my problems Mm. because it's the problems and those thoughts that get into our head or even excitement. If we're like super excited about a vacation or something that's going on the next day, you might not be able to sleep. And so if you're thinking about it, you have to find a way to turn it off. Mm. And so those are some small ways that I've found are good to turn it off. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I looked at it, which I think this was a bad mistake. <clears throat> At the beginning for me, I used it as a time to reflect on my day, which isn't a bad thing That's per se. That's
1: very true, yes.
2: But I would use that time to reflect on my day, and I was thinking that would help me fall asleep. The problem is, is if it's a great day, then it probably is easy, easier for me to kind of reflect on it and just kind of calmly doze off. If it wasn't such a good day, then I tend to find myself sitting there being the judge and jury. Yes,
1: absolutely.
2: And going over everything in the day. And that's where it, it hinders me. So what I realized is this is not the time to be reflecting on my day. <laughs> no, not at all. I should be reflecting on my day when I'm awake when i'm coherent and i have a moment of quiet in my own time that i'm not trying to fall asleep. Yeah. I've done things like um i've even done things like counting sheep where literally yeah. but this is a game of of visualizing, right? So i'm actually trying to visualize the sheep jumping over. Mm-hmm. And it helps. The problem with that and it's like so cliché, it kind of gets boring. <laughs> yeah. So I try to more so maybe use this as a time of just like a meditative time and a breathing to focus on my breathing. That's the one thing that I'll say I think is no, I've noticed the biggest difference out of anything I've tried was just inhaling and exhaling deep breaths. If I have to count them, I can count them like I would count the sheep. If I can maybe daydream about a beautiful scene that I'd like to be sitting at while I was doing that breathing, then I will do that. If my mind just kind of can't do it all and I'm, you know, I'll just focus on the breathing. Yeah. That gets my heart rate kind of calmer. You know, it's not rapid breathing. It's just big inhale, big exhale. Right. And that tends to slow your heart rate down, calm you. And then I, I have an easier time falling asleep. Things with, like, television on, flashing try. lights, commercials are always louder than the show. Um, I can't handle that. No. We sleep with fans on because I just like that kind of background. White noise. White noise. That also helps me sort of concentrate and relax.
1: Yeah, our room's like a wind tunnel and it's it really fabulous. Is. <laughs> our dogs probably hate it, but they stay, so...
2: But yeah, yeah, I had to get away from reflecting on my day.
1: Yeah, it's not healthy. Because
2: if again, if it was a bad one that I'm sitting there arguing and having fake arguments or mm-hmm. defending myself or somebody else, or it just it wasn't relaxing. Yeah. So I had to do that at a different time. Yeah. Totally agree. But.
1: And one other thing that I thought of while you were talking is CBD. Yeah. Uh, that it depending on where you live, that is very helpful for sleep issues and melatonin too because mm-hmm. our body naturally makes melatonin and it's all off of the light cycle so yeah um i am totally <clears throat> more about trying the natural route to help sleep than going like sleeping pills mm. or even benadryl because those things have other side effects yeah. to them um as were the cbd and the melatonin really the only side effect i could think of is you might be a little groggy the next day
2: melatonin i've felt that but i've never felt that on cb with cbd
1: no i haven't either but not with melatonin either so mm. um, but yeah this cbd does work really well for that especially if you have pain because you can get you know that the really high doses mm-hmm. and and that helps yeah balance that so
0: mm.
1: i give cbd to our dogs at night before they go to bed so anyways maggie hope that that helps you
2: and good luck yes thanks maggie nice.
1: good luck maggie Okay. And then we do a reading. Okay. This is Crystal. She says, this is my grandfather, Robert. He died many, many years before I was born, but I've always felt an extreme, extremely strong bond with him from never meeting him. Why? And does he have anything he'd like to say to me? Here's Robert. So what's really funny is that normally when I see these, I just take a screenshot. I don't try to connect to the spirit, but he connected to me instantly. Mm. And he was like being kind of like Ace Ventura-ish. Very animated. Yeah, very, very animated. Here's another picture. Um, Yeah, very animated, funny, like to be the center of attention, the class clown. Mm. Um, Yeah, so... I would say if you have tricks played on you a lot, he's probably <laughs> the one doing it. Right? You do have a strong connection to him. And I'm going to tell you a couple of reasons why. First of all, just because he was your grandfather in this life does not mean he's always been your grandfather in, in every life. Right. You two have a soul connection. You've been together in other lives. So I think even in one of those lives, you were married. And so you have a strong soul connection. And so it's a shame that you guys didn't get to spend any time together, really, in this life. But he has absolutely been around you this whole time. And he is encouraging you to increase your, um, spirituality. Like you're, he tells me you're doing really well and he's trying to help you keep going, keep going because you're going to be able to communicate with me yourself, not just through the signs that he's sending, but through actual things like words that you'll hear. You're already hearing them, but I don't know if you realize that it's him or maybe you do. Maybe that's what this is about, but he is definitely very connected to you. Um, he also likes, there's something that you do in your life that he really likes. Uh, it might be a hobby or it might be work. I'm not really sure. Um, but he enjoys watching you do this. Um, he says that it's very meticulous work and you're very good at it. And um, it has something to do with using your hands. Why do they have to do charades? Why can't you just tell me what it is? They're <laughs> showing hands and, okay, great. And something. <laughs> but just tell me. No charades. Anyways, sorry uh that's that's the joker in him too probably like here figure this one out the spirits are very funny um anyways so yeah he likes to watch that and and he tries to give you tips too there's other things that you do where you might hear like um i get this all the time and i think danny does too where you'll be doing something and all of a sudden you'll just have the clearest idea of what to do next or why you should have done it a certain way all this time and you never did and you're like Duh. Why didn't I think of that? Well, because you didn't. Because they gave it to you. They're way smarter than we are, I'll tell you. I get some great great little mini epiphanies like that. (laughs) I love those. So he says when you get those, that those are from him. Cool. Um, He says that Uh, there's still a lot of time between when you two will reconnect on the other side but he's very much looking forward to it and he says that all of this will make sense the moment that you see him on the other side it will all make sense as to why he has been your main guide pretty much your whole life so and he says that he loves you and that physical this is a great message this is for everybody i think A physical bond here on this earth really is just one part of the connection. It's one part of the soul connection. Our souls know each other. Mm -hmm. That's that namaste. My soul recognizes your soul. Mm -hmm. Uh, You don't need the physical connection to feel their soul. Right. And with people, too, that you may have been estranged from. He's telling me this. I don't know if this has anything to do with your situation. I don't think you were estranged from him, obviously. But if there's somebody, Crystal, that you were, what he's saying is if when somebody that you're estranged from dies, all of that goes away. And so, like... If you had maybe a mother or a father or somebody that you were estranged from and they died and you have things that are left unsaid, that's a good place to bring a medium in because that soul, once they've gotten to the other side, they see things so much clearer and they understand why things went the way that they went and then we're able to clear things up and heal that relationship. Because there is no animosity on the other side. There yeah. are no hard feelings on the other side. It's just 100% love. So it doesn't matter what you did, you know how what your connection was in this life. If there's that soul connection, that that's all you need. Yeah. So yeah. So there we go. Cool. Crystal and Robert. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. And then before we give our info, I would like to let everybody know, and I'm very sorry for the late notice, but I am going to be on a radio show this coming Wednesday, the 14th. This is on Voice America, and this is the internet radio station that my show will be on um, come November. So I am going to be a guest on the show that will air immediately before mine. And uh, the show is called Focus on Success. And uh, Fazia, she's um, the host, and she's, she's awesome. She's been very helpful. Um, the reason that I got to know her is because I actually reached out when the radio station reached out, and I asked her what she felt about the radio station. And she said it's great. So she recommended highly. So anyways, if you go Wednesday at 9 a.m., you can go to voiceamerica.com, go to the Empowerment Channel And then you will see Focus on Success, and that will be the show. And then you just click on it, and it will come up live. And I believe that it does, like, replay like a podcast. I know it does. I just have to find where it is, but once I do, I will share it for everybody, too. So if you don't catch it live, I'm sure I'll be able to get it to you. Uh, We may even be able to replay it on the show. We'll see.
2: Hmm. That's exciting. Congratulations. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much. Very cool. Thanks. And then let's give our info. You can find me at Samantha dot com, or if you'd like to reach the show, you can reach us at Spiritual at Gmail dot com. And you
2: for my art, D Art Collection dot com for the web, at D Art Collection for Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Yay! All right, then let's do it. Uh, Episode one hundred and seventy four, Abandonment Wounds and Codependency.
1: I didn't realize how bad this is for me until i got into this episode like i i knew that i had abandonment wounds and i knew that i had codependent tendencies but now after doing this research, this has really helped me to see just how much of the childhood damage affected me in these areas. Mm. And I've worked through a lot of it in my life, so I don't feel like I have these as much anymore. But I really feel like our listeners that do um, have <clears throat> these issues that this episode, I, th- I really hope that it'll help you because this, this research and putting this episode together did help me. Mm. So first of all, what are abandonment wounds? Well, abandonment wounds or ish, abandonment issues are a coping mechanism that often forms during childhood trauma. The full extent and damage are often not seen until the person attempts to form relationships in adulthood. I, I want everybody to know, first of all, that this isn't their fault. Not any of us that have these abandonment issues or are codependent, this is not our fault this is stuff that was done to us by other people Mm -hmm. usually our parents but there it could be really be anybody it could be in relationships there's there's a a sibling Mm -hmm. could be anything yeah many people have experienced some form of abandonment but everyone copes different abandonment is about feeling disconnected from people these experiences experiences leave us feeling rejected and as if no one is there for us when we need them the most. So I asked our listeners how many of them feel that they suffer from <clears throat> abandonment wounds and 73% said that they do.
0: Yeah,
1: That's a really high number. Yeah, That's a really, really high number. Um, some examples of childhood abandonment. First, uh, neglect or absent parents. It always a lot of times comes down to that That absent, or um, there was another one on here about parents. Yeah, Yeah. witnessing your parents' divorce is another one. Uh, Being rejected by someone you love. That could be a parent, could be anybody. Um, Someone close to you passing away. A lot of times, especially if you're very young, when a parent dies. My brother was 16, so I'm not sure if he has a lot of abandonment issues from that, maybe. But I think the younger you are, the worse it is to have those issues. Uh, Let's see. I actually have... Uh, we did a poll for our listeners here, and I said, "If you have abandonment issues, where do you think they came from?" And thirty-one percent said rejection by someone that they love. Yeah, and then tied at second is having absent parents or abuse or neglect from childhood, mm-hmm. and then the death of a loved one. I <clears throat> want to take this. I want to. I want to talk right now to the parents of small kids. And I'm going to really try to not get emotional here, but this is something that I've been thinking about today is that this is up to you guys. Like at this point, those of us that have abandonment wounds, we have them and we're dealing with them. Our children that are maybe too old and already have them, there's there's nothing we can do but help them work through those as well. Right. But these parents right now, this is <clears throat> where the change has to happen. This is where we have to say, I'm not going to do these things that cause mm-hmm. my child to feel abandoned or codependent. And we're going to talk about some of these things. Yeah, But this is where it starts. Yeah. It's really important. Yeah,
2: there. Those. this is probably my biggest damage yeah. in life is this. Mainly... For from growing up, um, tends to be a lot of motherly things for me. Yes, you know, me too. But it it carried on into my life to points where, like, whether it was a girlfriend or a band or something, my my response was always fight or flight. Yeah, but. One big thing that I always would think in my mind is I'm gonna leave first. Right. So I'm not left.
1: That is on this list, yeah, uh-huh.
2: And this has been a point in my life now where I've chose not to leave. Yes, I've chose to face everything that stands in my way, whether it's good or bad. Yeah, I've chose to face that every day and try to work through it you know, whatever the muck is that I'm stuck in or not stuck in. Um, I just try to work through it and not run. Yeah. Because I just try to tell myself that that's all in my head. You know what I mean? This yes. is This is what I was taught. And so this defense mechanism I have to leave first, so I maybe suffer less pain. Yes. You know, but that's not the answer anyways. Uh, most of the time for me in particular, because leaving causes just as much pain as being left.
1: Yes. It's really weird how that leaving works. Leaving
2: something that's really not worth leaving is what I mean. If there's something unhealthy, then yes, sometimes you need to move on. Yes, but, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and that there is physical abandonment and there's emotional abandonment Mm. and emotional abandonment uh, this occurs often when parents providing the emotional support or environment that a child needs to develop the healthy way that that does not happen because of this, the child has to hide a part of who they are in order to be accepted and not rejected. Sometimes those with these, this type of damage will tell themselves things like it's not okay to make mistakes. Don't express your feelings or my victories mean nothing. And that I do have a lot of those issues. Um, I've talked before about like my fear of thunder and lightning, but I also had a fear of wind uh, starts fires here or spreads fires here. So as a child, I had a very big fear of wind. And I remember one time it was windy out and my mom and I were driving and I could feel the car moving from the wind. And I knew and I was just quiet because I knew she didn't want to hear it. She didn't want to hear anything that was going on in my head. But she said to me without me even having to say anything, I can feel the wind and I don't want to hear anything about it. I had to sit in my room all night and listen to that wind and be scared because she was not there to, to emotionally protect me from what was bothering me. And a lot of parents, unfortunately, I think do that and don't realize that your child is it. They don't know they're a child. Mm. So you have to be the one to protect them from these things, not tell them that their fears are ridiculous and you don't want to hear about them. Right. That's, that's silly. It does a lot of damage.
2: Yeah, there was a friend, uh, not really on the same topic, but somebody that I was a um, was a roommate of mine in my early twenties that I happened to come across on Facebook, and we became friends. And so I asked them, as a girl, you know, so what's up with your life, you know? And the last I knew that they were with this person, this guy, when I lived with them, and so I was just so what's up, you know, and how you been? And she's got three daughters now yada yada and um at the time he was still alive he's passed since then but this was a few years ago and he was still alive and she said I said so how's so-and-so and And she goes oh we're not together anymore and and I said something about the children and him having you know a life uh, role in their life and he's she said he doesn't even talk to him he doesn't even see him and I my heart like sank yeah for a moment there, like how, I don't know, I don't yeah. know the details of it all, but I was feeling like there was this power struggle and, oh, you you know,
0: right. you don't
2: want to be with me, then forget all of you. Right. It was what I was feeling from him. Right. And based on how much I knew him, I think that might be accurate. Yeah. But I don't know. Right. But I just felt like, wow, those girls grew up with a father that was alive and well. Yeah. And didn't want anything to do with him. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Was it because of them or because he hated the mom? You know? Right. Who knows? But I just thought, whoa. Wow.
1: I I know that this is out of nowhere, but I wanted to say, you lost a friend this week. And that I just wanted to say rest in peace to Kim. friend, A longtime friend of yours made me think about that, what you were just talking about. Um, So, yeah. So anyways. That was, yeah. Yeah.
2: she t- she battled cancer for a while. Yeah, and I we'd seen her at her work that we would frequent in occasionally, um, regularly actually, but we'd see her occasionally. And I hadn't seen her in a little while. Yeah, and I said something to you like I'm getting a weird feeling. Yep, and sure enough, was maybe.
1: It was the next day. Five days, was it? It the was next the day? next day, yeah.
2: The next day, I got a message or saw a post that she passed away. And yeah. I was like, oh, that feeling was right.
1: Yep, yep. It's just been one of those years. It really has. And then your parents' dog had to be put down <laughs> just been yeah. a week. But I wanted to say I wanted to say it at the beginning, and <laughs> I forgot. So I just wanted to, I like to give.
2: I just thank condolences
1: you. Condolences to the friends, and yeah.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think. I just have to remember that this is part of the experience. Yeah. It's a bummer for the people left behind. Yeah. Here. But it is part of the experience. Life, joy, happiness, anger, sadness, and death. It's all part of it.
0: Yep.
1: It is. Can I have those tissues? (laughs) I don't know why I got so emotional, but somewhere along the line I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) Great. Okay. At least it's not 100 degrees today, because when I cry and it's hot, it not fun. Okay, so let's go on. Sorry for that detour. (laughs) So signs of abandonment issues. Here are some for you. Extreme jealousy or clingy behavior in relationships. Difficulty communicating your needs. I have noticed this one with myself. Actually, the older I get, the worse it gets. And so I'm really trying to work on it. But I mean, I've always had a hard time expressing myself and communicating my needs. So I just don't. I already didn't. I just didn't. And now I really try to, but sometimes I'm like, bah, 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 bah. it's like, I cannot get mm-hmm. it out. I just can't. And it's like, where does this come from? Why am I like this? Because I knew with my mom that if I said something that she found stupid or a waste of her time, that she was going to let me know exactly how she felt. It wasn't like I could just be told in a nice way most of the time the answer to my question or anything. So I just... I'm right. like, okay, I'm not, I'm just not going to, but that's not a way to live. So I've tried to learn to communicate my needs more and it is hard. Yeah. it It, it is those, da- that damage that's done to you. It's difficult to undo it. That's why I, I said mm-hmm. to the, the parents earlier, just, just don't do it. Then we don't have to undo it.
2: Yeah. Yep. I, you know, the, and that brings me to my own parenthood, you know, and those, a lot of those things, that we are discussing here today are the things that I promised I wouldn't do.
1: Right. Exactly. Yep. Um, let's see. Avoiding getting close to others. I tell you all the time that I really do. It's just easier that way. And, and sometimes that seems like the wrong thing to do. But it's when you have these kinds of issues, it's almost easier. Then you don't have to worry about the people abandoning you mm-hmm. or something happening. Uh, insecurity low self-esteem, and like most of these things, anxiety and depression. And also another one was hard time making decisions Um, can stem from abandonment issues. So how to know if you have these issues? Well, if you're sensitive to it, like me, when you start hearing about it and you're like, oh, (laughs) that might be one side. Mm -hmm. Um, But here's some other ones. Looking for faults in people instead of trying to find what's right with them. You might break up with someone just so they don't do it to you first. And you were you were saying that a mm-hmm. little bit ago. And, and I know that there are a lot of people that mm-hmm. do that, that they feel like it's, I'll just do it. <clears throat> I'll just put an end to it because it's going there. But you don't know that that's where it's going. Right. Actually, that happened to us. Do mm-hmm. you remember? You did that with me. You were like, this is easier than you going with somebody else because I was dating somebody else. And you're like, never mind this. Do you what? remember that? You don't uh, remember? You're
2: going to have to refresh my memory.
1: And I was dating I was dating Danny and this other guy. And I know it was really hard for you that I was seeing somebody else.
2: Mm-hmm. and But we agreed on that.
1: Yeah, but beginning. you still, you had expressed to me the day before this happened right. that you just were not, you were having a really hard time with it. And then you just decided that you didn't want to see me anymore. Just like that. Just, no, I'm not. I'm done. This isn't, this isn't working. I'm done. And I was like, what are you talking about? This isn't working. And so there were like two days there where I was like, please come back. Where are (laughs) you going? Don't go anywhere. Oh my gosh. And looking back at that now, I see how, where my codependency lies and abandonment issues because you were running because you thought I was going to pick somebody else. And I was chasing you because I didn't want you to leave. Right. And that's it's crazy. And it's both because of our childhood issues. Yeah. And at the time I didn't I didn't think about that. Yeah. I just thought I'm this is a person I'm really interested in and want to get to know better and he's running. Where's he going? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I remember that period. I don't remember the yeah. calling it quits part. Well that's good. See it's
1: it's it. nice when those memories leave, isn't it? And then you're yeah. like, Hmm, huh, I did that. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, Anyways, so let's see. The next one is how to know if you have abandonment issues. People with abandonment issues don't usually trust people and as a result can be very quiet and introverted. And when I saw this, the heading of it was that these people tend to be very quiet. And you told me even that from the beginning when you met me when I was 17 that I was very quiet. I always have been.
0: Yeah.
1: It just, yeah, it comes with not wanting to voice yourself. Because you don't want somebody to tell you that you're stupid or to shut up or you don't know what you're talking about or anything like that. So you're just quiet.
0: And And, then
1: I
2: got to know you.
1: And I'm not so quiet, am I? (laughs) Yeah. I open up very well to the people that I'm comfortable opening up to. Uh, Yeah. I think other uh, introverts can understand that.
2: I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Another one is being attracted to someone during the chase. I have a horrible time with that. Not anymore. Thankfully, I'm very happy and mm. never will have to experience that again. Thankfully, but um, when in my younger years, yeah, that was a
2: tough one. I'll, I'm going to go out on a limb here and make a comment about that one. That <laughs> I got to say this in a way that doesn't offend. Uh, if we're talking about being in certain leagues, mm, no, I, okay. I don't think so. Oh, hold on a but, second, okay. but I think we tend to. Th- think of this in these terms when we're finding or searching for a suitor. Okay. okay. Mm -hmm. I think we tend to think about leagues that we're in. Mm -hmm. And is this particular person within my league or out of my league? Absolutely. Okay, that's all perception. That's all like our society's ideals and and perception put on us. Mm -hmm. It's a bunch of baloney. But if we were thinking in those terms... I believe people that suffer from this codependency and abandonment issues, a lot of people, and I've witnessed this, will, I don't know if they're doing it intentionally, but it's like subconsciously picking someone with way out of their league because there's always this chase. Right. It's this unhealthy pattern that you're used to. Yeah. Somebody that's always going the other way But you're chasing them.
1: That's, yeah, I actually have never looked at it. Because if you
2: were to pick somebody within your, I hate to use the (laughs) phrase again, league, that isn't running away from you, there's nothing exciting because there's no chase.
1: That's right, yeah.
2: This is an unhealthy thing that was implemented in our mind, in our psyche, when we were young.
1: Yeah, I know a few people like that. That's interesting to think about it that way. And
2: I've seen a lot of people do this.
1: And constant rejection.
2: And constant rejection, yet they don't change the pattern.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're right.
2: Yep. So it is something to think about. Like, are you particularly picking this person because you are just sexually or physically attracted to them? Um, or is it because you know it's going to be a chase? Right.
1: Oh, I definitely when I was dating, I, I knew my range. I knew where I that what was too far out of my range and what I was not interested in myself, and I stayed in there. And you know, every once in a while, you'd get interested in somebody out of your league, and you're like, "Why?" Mm-hmm. And may, yeah, you're right. That is perception, but at the same time, it's it really is how it works. I mean, come on,
2: it is. I don't. I'm not saying that there is actual league. No, it's something we perceive.
1: It is. It's a perception. Yeah.
2: Um, but. I think time and time again, we can see how some of those, that perception, as um, rocked a little bit because you see a, a matchup and you're like, how the heck? Did, <laughs> you know right? that that could mean a number of things: the yeah, money, whatever. Yeah. you know, notoriety. Yeah. Um, I'm not talking in celebrity terms right now. I'm talking us just simple, normal people, everyday yeah. people. Yeah. That I've witnessed this with.
1: Yeah. No, no, I agree. I agree for sure. That, that is a very good observation. And then the last one on my list is always needing to be involved with someone because you're uncomfortable being alone. And you know what? There's a big difference between being physically alone and being single. There's a huge difference here. I started dating very, very young. I had my first relationship when I was like 12. Uh, and, Went from one relationship to the next, to the next, to the next, and got married at uh, 22 years old. So when I got divorced, and I was still looking for relationships. I had to ask myself, why are you doing this? Like, you need to take some time. And I feel like my mom, too, and my other, the rest of my spirit team really encouraged me to do this, was to take some time for myself. And I was dating this guy who turned out to be a complete scumbag and was had a girlfriend and was dating somebody else at the time. And I found out about this, and uh, I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm not dating for a while. And, and I went six months And maybe I mean, it was perfect timing, I feel for me. But in that six months, I broke that for me, that bit of codependency and needing to always be with somebody because I realized that I could take care of myself, that I wasn't going to die without somebody. And it really helped me to feel more emotionally secure with myself. And in our relationship, I feel like that time helped because it makes me know that I'm here with you because I want to be Mm. not because I have to be because Mm. I don't, have to be here and i know that now i know that i would be just fine right. but i might not have known that if i didn't have that time by myself to go look yeah you're surviving by yourself and look at look at how wonderful you're doing you can do this it's fine and i really needed that so i highly encourage people that have this codependency issue if you know you go through a divorce or you're single to make sure that you have that, that you can see that you are okay without another relationship because you will be no matter what your abandonment issues tell you.
0: Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm.
1: So let's move on to codependency. Uh, Many people with abandonment issues also have codependent issues. Um, This actually goes hand in hand. And when I was looking at what we should do this week for the topic, these two were two on our list. Um, Of whatever series we're doing right now, we have it broken down. And I thought we could put those together. And then I asked myself, why? But I knew that that was a message, that these two fit together. And it's because people with abandonment issues Mm -hmm. are usually codependent. They usually go hand in hand. It's a core issue. Yeah, there's
2: something about that trauma that makes them codependent on someone else.
1: Yes, Codependency refers to an unhealthy relationship or relationship addiction characterized by preoccupation and extreme dependence on another person. Signs of this uh, can be low self-esteem, low-level narcissism, dysfunctional family, depression and anxiety, hard time saying no, lack of boundaries, feeling compelled to take care of other people. Fixating on your mistakes, being emotionally reactive and needing to have the control in all kinds of things, not just relationships. So I asked our listeners how many of them felt that they also have codependent uh, uh, issues and 46 percent said yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's still it's still pretty high. Yeah. And then I asked them, what kind of codependent behaviors do you have? And the top one that they said was anxiety and depression. And that can come from a lot of places, but I can definitely see how that could come from relationships because if you are codependent and you're constantly worrying about that this person's gonna leave you Man. or whatever you're worried about, yeah, how do you relax? Yeah. You can't relax. And then poor boundaries. <clears throat> and I can't remember who said it. I meant to screenshot it, but I didn't about that. They have a really hard time with boundaries, feeling bad about setting those boundaries. But you have to remember that this is your life and your life has to be healthy for you. And if you're doing things to please other people so that they're not upset with you, then that just comes back to this codependent. That's not healthy. So um, putting up the boundaries is important. It's probably
2: the most important.
1: Yeah, definitely. Some other things, fear of being rejected or abandoned. And again, that goes right back to what we were Mm -hmm. talking about before. Difficulty making decisions and obsessions and trouble communicating needs or feelings. And low self-esteem was another one.
0: So let's see.
1: And th- really, this is not just reserved for romantic relationships. No. No. Nope. My mom had this codependency on men, mm-hmm. and then when she got her divorce, the codependency turned to me.
0: Yeah,
1: And it, it that's what happens.
2: We've had to really work with, you know, our daughter <laughs> to do that with the boundaries. Yeah. Um, with her relationship with her mom. Yeah. Uh, with her biological mom, to set those boundaries. Yeah. To not allow yourself... You know, right. And when you do this, you're doing two things. You're protecting yourself, but you're also giving yourself a moment of, what's the word I'm looking for? You're on your own. Right. You're fully taking care of yourself. Kind yeah. of like that feeling of, I, I can't do this by myself. I'm, right. I'm not. You're doing it. Right. By setting a boundary and protecting yourself, you're now standing alone.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: And and sometimes that is uncomfortable. But if you can remember, that's part of the process of learning how to stand on your own two feet and not being codependent, especially on something that's unhealthy for you.
1: Absolutely. Yep.
2: So boundaries are super important.
1: They are, absolutely. A person that is codependent will typically go above and beyond to make sure a relationship succeeds. When the relationship ends, they often end up angry, resentful, lonely, and bitter. And they are usually overwhelmed with grief and guilt. Sometimes they beg their partners to try again or even seduce them with actions or words to try and make it right. I've been there. I've huh, done that. Yeah. I. I've asked myself in the past, why? Like, why did it? Because there were several relationships that I've had where I felt like I just continued to stay. And Mm. even when I knew it was over, you just stay. And why? Why do you do that? And I always thought it was just because I didn't want to fail. Mm. But this is one of the things that I learned today was that that's not it at all. It was because I was codependent. That's why I stayed.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I stayed in my marriage for a long time. And a lot of those things were done to save it many times. Yep. The last time and all that stuff was coming in to me. It was hard.
1: Yeah.
2: It was hard to like deflect that. And oh yeah. S- say nope. I have to stand on my own. I have to. I got to do this. Yeah. Because this isn't good for me anymore, you know.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's it's not going to get better if you don't don't work on it for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I came across this article on psych central and this article's article is called delusions of the codependent. And in this article, this woman talks about the things that she did because she was codependent. And I wanted to read some of these things
0: Mm
1: -hmm. begged or pleaded became inconsolable threaten my partner's future by saying things such as, you'll be sorry. You're making a terrible mistake. You're going to regret this and you'll never find anyone like me. My ex-husband used to tell me that I, he was all I had. Him and his mm-hmm. family were all I had because all my family was gone. Yeah. Uh, and that was very hard uh, to hear.
2: But I got a lot of the threats.
1: Yeah, the threats sucked.
2: And the irony is almost every one of the threats went The opposite way. They usually do, unfortunately. (laughs) Well,
1: fortunately for the person. uh, Let's see. Tried to make my partner feel responsible for and guilty about my future by saying things such as, I'll never be able to love again or I'll never be happy again. And I think a lot of people believe that when somebody tells them that you're not going to ever find anybody that's, you know, going to put up with you or or will want to be with you. and. You believe that if you have the damage that tells you to believe that.
2: And this is a final protest to save love.
1: <laughs> right.
2: You know, that's the part about it that I go. Yeah. Excuse my French, but this is fucking sickening.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Sickening. It, but it's true. And more yeah. people do that than realize. Yeah. My mom did this and I watched her. And so I repeated some of those behaviors myself. And looking back now, I go, wow. Mm -hmm. unbelievable that just a child seeing her mother do these things will just go repeat them yeah it really is it sucks uh let's see came up with things we could do differently over and over again so the relationship would become on again off again rather than ending with dignity became seductive in the hopes that sex could keep things going Said I was pregnant when I was not. I, I have heard this from so many women. Yeah. I can't believe that. Yeah. Said I was pregnant when I was not in the hopes that pregnancy could keep things going. Yeah. And then afterwards said that I had a miscarriage. Unbelievable. Kept myself financially dependent on my partner so I could not leave the relationship. But see what's happening there. If you're keeping yourself financially dependent to so that you can't leave your partner you're just putting yourself in a bad position. Mm-hmm. Like that's not something to do for yourself on purpose. Right. That's yeah. But there are some things that this lady had done and I found those very compelling. And, um, you know, my mom used to fake illness. Yeah. And so what happens there is because she faked the illness so much, then it's like the boy who cried wolf. And then when there actually is something wrong, you don't know because you're so and I have damage there because it's hard for me to believe sometimes when people say that they have an issue because my mom used to tell me all the time that she had this or she had that or this was going (laughs) on. And I just got used to it being a lie Mm. and that, yeah, that sucks. So let's see how to stop being codependent. That's This is what we need, right? <laughs> we well, talked a little bit about that. I gave a few examples about how I worked on that when I was single. But first, you have to recognize and admit that you are codependent and that you may have abandonment issues. Mm -hmm. Because if you're sitting there right now going, oh, these these things kind of sound like me and my childhood wasn't so good, but now I don't have abandonment issues. Well, then let me slap you real quick. okay? (laughs) because you do. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay if you have these issues. A lot of us do. And they're not your fault. No. Like I said at the beginning. This is
2: generational karma.
1: Aha. That is a whole other thing. Generational karma. Yes. Uh, And so let's see how to stop being codependent. Identify the issue. How did this start? How does this show in my life? So we've given examples of that as well. Going back to where this came from. Uh, Who could have started this? Was it my mom? Was it a relationship? Where did it start? And identify exactly what it is that you are doing. And fixing that i did but i were at identifying but yeah and then find a support system uh friends or spouse therapist support group anybody that you feel comfortable talking to mm-hmm. i'm very grateful because you and i have we both have childhood damage but it's very different uh our damage is very different but we are able to talk to each other and right. tell each other stories and work these things out. And you understand my behaviors and I understand your behaviors to a certain extent. We're good with that, you know. But We're if, able
2: to explain them, you know, which is helpful.
1: Yes. But sometimes you might have a spouse that isn't like that, right. that isn't open to hearing about your things or doesn't understand because right. they had a perfect childhood or right. so they claim. Uh, and, and then you might have to turn to other people. Therapist support right. groups or, or whatever, yeah. I
2: know, like Al Anon is a really big one for that, which is like a, a group for families of alcoholics and, and drug, drug addicts. addicts. Yeah. So they're dealing while they're in their meetings dealing with their addictions, the others are in the meetings dealing with their codependency, right? So, yeah, it's <clears throat> I've known people who've gone to them and yeah. they're beneficial. Because you can relate to other people in the room that are doing the same things you're doing.
1: Yeah, totally. I, um, when I was 11 or 12, I was removed from my mom's custody from CPS, by CPS, Child Protective Services. And, um... My mom was ordered to go to AA or NA, actually. It was NA. And we were supposed to go to Al-Anon. Somehow she got out of it. Court ordered, got out of it, didn't have to go to Al-Anon. But I really kind of wish that I would have because I think that that would have been maybe helpful at that age, some kind of an experience because I was just going to a therapist that was an old white dude that looked like Santa Claus. (laughs) And I was this 12-year-old girl that had gone through a lot and could have used this. And so... You know, I I don't know if it was pride or what it was that made my mom say, no, I'm not going to this. But if you have a child that might be in that kind of situation, no matter what it was caused by, let them experience these things because it just might help them in their later years. You just never know.
2: Yeah. And I think your mom sees now the error of not going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not so much because what it could have possibly done for her. Right. But what it could have done for you.
1: Well, she was in denial. She wasn't a drug addict. What are you talking about? Not an alcoholic. I don't do drugs. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, denial is not just a river in Egypt. So, and then next on this list is we need to reflect. Okay, we need to ask ourselves what you really want. Reflect on who you really are and gain yourself. Gain yourself awareness who you are. And that's what I was talking about that time that I took to myself. I figured out who I was. I tried all the things that I could think of trying. I, I went to different movies, even different sporting events, just to see what did I like? Cause I don't know because I've been so codependent my whole <clears throat> life. And I think that's important for all of us to know who we really are, who inside and out, you mm-hmm. know? And then there's practice setting healthy boundaries. We talked about this. I don't have the energy to go out tonight, but I'd like to go out another time. Right. I have always had a hard time with this, and I know you have too. Just the, and this isn't something that I thought about before, but it, you do every time that like we get invited somewhere, and you know we just maybe don't want to go or whatever. You're like, well, what's the excuse? You don't need to have an excuse. <laughs> you really don't. You don't need to have an excuse. You just it's yeah. just not the time you want to go out. You don't want to go out. That's it. But for whatever reason, we feel bad saying, "Mm, I'll pass. Right. You know, or you might say something like, I might need some more time to myself, but when I'm done, I would love to spend time with you. And I've I've always felt bad, well not always, but I think I don't feel this way anymore. But in like the beginning of our relationship, I am definitely the type of person that I needed time to recharge. I needed time to be by myself to recharge. And I always felt bad like telling you that. Like I just need a little bit of time to myself. It's not personal because you have your own
2: abandonment issues. Right.
1: But it's you know, we need these things and oh, that's absolutely. okay.
2: Absolutely I'd I, I, the older I get, I feel that more like, oh, I just need a, I need to be away from talking. Yeah. And dogs and barking. And <laughs> yeah. I just need like a moment to s- focus or just, you know, not necessarily even focus on anything. Maybe it's just Unfocus. unfocused, unfocused. Yeah.
1: yeah, totally. I know what you mean. I have that feeling all the time. And then the last one, and we talk about this. Uh, Often, actually, is be careful of the media that you consume. And a lot of times this is because of the types of relationships that you will see portrayed on social media, on TV, in the movies that you might think wow, look at this relationship. Mm-hmm. This You might think this is a really healthy relationship and I want a relationship like that and then think this is impossible, I can't have a relationship like that. Or you might see an unhealthy relationship and that might make you think that that's normal. I think for me, that was probably what happened is I saw so much unhealthy relationships that I just figured that was normal. Yeah. And now I, I know better and much happier because of it.
2: Most of what media shows us is... Yeah. Probably not the greatest.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So especially reality TV. Reality TV is anything but. That stuff's scripted. Yeah. So those people that are, you know, either show like they have the perfect relationship, like Sharon and Ozzy, they always made it look like they had the perfect (laughs) relationship, but they don't have the perfect relationship. It's, yeah, it can go either way. so. Mm -hmm. So I hope that that, episode helped to give some, you know, enlightenment to these subjects a little bit and maybe helped some people to see this is normal for people that have some kind of childhood issues or relationship issues or whatever. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's, yeah, it just comes with life sometimes.
2: So many of us have it, whether they admit it or not. Doesn't mean you're, you know, broken. No. Or, you know, not usable. No. Anything uh, like this, you c- can be helped. Will it go away? No, probably not completely. Yes, yeah. But you can help yourself. You can better yourself. But again, you have to be honest with yourself.
1: Yes, absolutely. You do that. That's the number one, really, because yeah. if you're still sitting there saying, I don't have these issues, but all of this resonated with you, then take a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for it, sure. Yeah. So.
0: Well,
2: very good. Yay.
1: Good job. Thank you.
2: You too. Well, before we say goodbye to our friends... Would you like to share your information one more time?
1: Yes. So you can find me at com, And don't forget about the radio show that I will be on this Wednesday. Hey. I have that up. Thank you. On all of our social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can go and find the link there. And then my radio show is coming up in November. And I'm putting together a great list of guests. Um, Mystic Molly. She's big on TikTok. My friend Carrie that sells crystals and makes teas and herbs and stuff. She's going to come. But my point is, if there's anybody listening that, mm-hmm. that works within like, this kind of realm, spiritual or empowerment or anything like that, let me know. Because I'm looking for guests to have on my show. Yeah. And then you, sir.
2: Uh, for my art, um, djonesartcollection.com for the web, at djonesartcollection for Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I will have a new piece posted soon. Not, I can't give exactly when, but it's a piece for my wife.
1: Yeah, Ooh, it's exciting. Um, but
2: I will still be able to sell prints as long as she's okay with that. I'm okay with that.
1: <laughs> everybody should enjoy it.
2: So, But she deserves it for everything she's done for me and oh, our you. kid and <laughs> life. So, And I've been telling her I was going to do her one.
0: Yay. So I'm
2: it's excited. finally happening.
0: Okay.
2: And that's all I got.
1: Very good, sir.
2: Well, we hope that everybody did get something out of this this week.
1: I did, for sure.
2: Remember, we're not pointing anybody out. Nope. Um, no
1: judgment we're Mm -hmm. sharing
2: we have it too
1: yes we do so
2: no biggie yep but pay attention to those things and maybe you might find out something about yourself yeah I agree and on that we hope that everybody has a great week that we do and until next week peace and love